Hey, everybody. Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich Davenport. I am Jen. And today we're going to we're going to venture into the wizarding world. The world of Harry Potter without Harry Potter, the world of Voldemort without Voldemort, the world of the Weasleys without the Weasleys. It is the Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> One of those long movie titles. It's not nearly as bad as some, but yeah, it's a little, it's a little <laughs> long. It, at least they didn't say like Harry Potter's magical wizarding world, the Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald, part two. The yeah, that'd be dumb. Yeah, like <laughs> they could have they could have gone hog wild with that, but they didn't. They didn't. Now we've yeah. never talked Harry Potter before, have we? Have we ever talked Wizarding World on this show? Or is we this... have not. Okay, so this is our this is our first venture into the Wizarding World. Myself, I of course, before I met you, I had seen I think the first Harry Potter movie. I had read part of the first book. I was not a big Harry Potter fan, but I want people to know about you. Because I think if there's anybody in the show that's going to be a, considered an expert, it's you. What's your? Now I know <laughs> well, you haven't seen say, this movie before, but yeah, what, I'd say tell us I'm a little bit about your your your. Yeah, more of an expert than you. I don't know if I'm an expert compared to others because there's definitely people out there that are like really, really into like big groups and stuff. But I have seen all the movies. I don't know how many times as mm -hmm. far as the Harry Potter series goes. Right. I have right. read all the Harry Potter books. I have gone to Pottermore and been sorted into a house. You've been I, to Universal Studios I've been in to Florida. Universal Studios and gone through the Wizarding World there and absolutely loved it. You've been on the um, Hogwarts Express. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really enjoy the Wizarding World. Now, when we get into fantastic beast this is not harry potter but it's in the same universe if you want to call it that i guess the same type of story right it's um, it's literally called the wizarding world they use that that's, mm -hmm. that's their that's their title it's like marvel studios they put this up during the title credits or the title sequence the wizarding world they're just wizarding world and it's interesting they are doing that because i think the wizarding world came about when they started doing the theme parks didn't it I don't I have no idea. You're the expert here, lady. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I'm more of an expert you than you, but I don't know that I would call myself <laughs> expert expert. Oh, but. okay. Well, let me ask you this. How many different versions of the books do you own? <laughs> I own a reading set. Hmm. I own a set that is just for looking at because it's like in a case and has All a right. display thing. Hold on. I'm going to have... stop you right there. That's a massive, that's a massive nerd cred right there. <laughs> Because when I, I was a kid, the, the comics sets. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See. And then what else do you have? You have the audiobooks too, right? I also have all of the audiobooks. Yeah. I, and How many I times also have you read? Them? I also have them digitally too. So yeah, I have. Right. Yeah, that's right. The yeah. whole set digital, the whole set audio. I've got, I've got one set I don't read, and I've got a reading set. So yes, I have four sets all together. Too funny. How many times have you read this? <laughs> How many times have you read the original Harry Potter books? Hmm. The, the earlier ones I've read more often than the later ones, because each time a new book would come out, I would reread 
the books. I didn't so, <laughs> start reading them until the first movie came out. So I actually mm. watched the Sorcerer's Stone first. Okay. Really enjoyed it. So I bought, I actually my, went with my daughter. She liked it too. So I bought her the books. She never read the books. So I read the books. <laughs> and then after that, I would buy the books as they came out. And then each time I would reread the whole series up until right before the one would come out. So I was fresh in my mind what happened before. <laughs> so this is the, like you do this with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Whenever a new movie comes out, you rewatch all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not every time, that. but sometimes. You stopped anyway. doing that when it got a little crazy. When it got over 20 movies, you stopped doing it. But for the it's most part- It's too hard to watch doing, them all. <laughs> yeah, but for, for the most part, you've been doing that. You have been doing that. So this is not a new phenomenon with you, apparently. You also did this no. with the Harry Potter books. Okay. I did. Yep. All right. Right. I so, did the same thing with the movies. As the movies came out, I'd go back and watch the other one. And how many times have yeah. you seen the movies? I don't even know. Okay. I honestly don't know. I watch them at least once a year, all the way through. Sometimes a couple times a year. So I've seen them quite a few times. It's one of those things that if I'm gonna be doing something and I want something on as background noise, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll put that on because mm -hmm. I've seen it so many times. I don't have to watch it. It's more just kind of a background noise thing. So I see. Okay. So what I was saying before is that, that you have some massive nerd cred there with the whole reading set, just a set to look at. When I was a kid, comic book collecting, there was, there was a whole subset of people who would buy multiple copies of each issue so that they'd have a reader copy and a saving copy. And that's you. It's okay. I mean, if you come look at our house, I've got like a lot of the stuff. Down. I've got like Hedwig. I've got the Niffler. I've, I've got, I've got several wands. I've, mm -hmm. I've got lots of stuff. So yes. Am I a Harry Potter nerd? I would say. yes. <laughs> and we mean that of course, in the nicest possible way, because being a nerd about something is super cool guys. Don't let it, anybody it tell just you means You really love something. A that's lot, right. And that's, that's okay. Right. Don't let anybody shame you for loving something that much. I mean, unless it's like serial murder or something, then yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, probably, probably not good, right? <laughs> cocaine, maybe, you know, that might be. But but I mean, but for the most part, innocuous things like, you know, reading comics or, you know, collecting Harry Potter memorabilia, whatever it is. Nerd out, man. Nerd out and nerd on. That's what I say. So Good on you. I'm impressed. I've always been impressed with your, your vast array of Harry Potter stuff and your, and your encyclopedic, compared to mine, knowledge of Harry Potter stuff. Now, the big question then is, what are Fantastic Beasts movies based on? So the movies are based on a book that was put out. It's really not like a storybook. But it's supposed to be like a textbook that the students at Hogwarts actually use okay. for school. It was written by Newt Scamander. I actually have it. You brought a prop? I've got Look it. at that. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. Now, I don't know if they're all like that, but the one I have, because I've only got the one, it it has writing in it. So it's like it's it's actually Harry's book and... Ron and Hermione have written in it. So there's like oh. little notes in the sides and stuff like that. So, but it just talks about the animal and gives you information if they're dangerous or not, and gives you information about the animal itself, but it's not really a story. So okay. while this is kind of from this, it is definitely not based on any story from this book. 
Okay, so they are literally, or they have literally tried to spawn a new generation of Harry Potter interest from basically a textbook that these kids used and that and a name on a textbook. Correct. That's amazing to me. That's amazing to me. Hmm. Okay. I think it's interesting too, when they first announced they were doing this fantastic beast, I was really excited. You, you know, I was, I was excited. For oh this. yeah. I remember. I <laughs> really like the idea of getting something new, but being in the same world, potentially being introduced to new characters and new, new stories. And I knew it was going to be a different time period too. Right. And when I found out it was going to be more based on an adult, you know, adults in here, while I wasn't expecting like an adult horror movie or anything like that, I was expecting a more adult type movie um, going through this whole series. So I was pretty excited to see what they were going to bring, bring out for this movie. Well, this series of movies, I guess, because it was supposed to be originally, it was going to be four to five movies. I think they're still talking about four to five movies, but now there's kind of speculation that maybe it might just be, you know, three to four movies, which if that's the case, the three movies are out, they might be done, but who knows? I guess we'll see what happens. Well, the, at least one of their actors is in hot water. Now they've, they've replaced Johnny Depp who played Grindelwald or, yeah. okay, I let think, me ask you this. Can, do you say Grindelwald or do you say Grindelwald? Can, before we like, yeah, so let's, let's, let's talk about this real quick. Cause I do think that this movie in particular, the secrets of Dumbledore has a lot of baggage coming in before the movie's even released. I'd say you're probably it right. It has the one main, one of the main actors got replaced. Johnny Depp got replaced with uh, Mads Mikkelsen mm-hmm. and there's a lot of baggage going on with that. Now, I don't know what all is there. I'm not going to speculate on what his situation is because there's a lot of stuff going on in court recently with You're all of that. You're talking about Johnny Depp or Matt Smithson? Johnny Depp. But he was asked to not return mm-hmm. um, after they started shooting. They actually stopped. He was there for a day, I guess, and then asked, and then he was asked to leave. And oh, wow. so- there was postponement because of that, because they had to find a replacement, but then also COVID hit, the pandemic uh, hit. Sure. So then it got delayed because of that. So, so you've got this film that's just getting in production and it's already got a couple issues mm-hmm. happening there. The other thing that's kind of hanging over this right now is I'm sure a lot of you know uh, about JK Rowling's comments that she's ma- made about the um, trans community. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very upsetting for some people. And so there's a lot of negative press going in because she's, of course, involved with this. She's been very business savvy with this wizarding world and she owns the stories. She owns the characters. She has not released them at all. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to do a story here, she is involved. Right. So I think there's some issue with that going into this too. There's and definitely, then, that is definitely hanging over this. Yeah, it's, it's I, hanging I, over it. I thought about this a lot, though, while I was watching this movie, is this, this idea that sometimes it's hard to separate the artist from the art. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and she, she is woven into so much of this because her name is all over everything. She's maintained control of everything. Like you said, she's in control of it all everything down to the mm-hmm. theme parks like they can't even when they do halloween horror nights down in orlando it cannot go into the wizarding world they can't even put people up 
like the the street that has the front of 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 nocturne or not nocturne alley but uh, diagon alley yeah they can't even they're not supposed to do any lighting or anything nothing over there there. yeah because Mm -hmm. she doesn't want them involved in that but because she is so woven into this her stance a lot of her supporters a lot of the people who love harry potter are people in the queer community people in the lgbtq plus community and for them to experience that kind of betrayal from somebody that they held in high regard is is something that kind of it, it kind of just sat with me while I was watching this movie, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, and I so, and I understand that too. Yep. Yeah. And that's one of the things. And then the last thing like we were talking about is with Ezra Miller. He's Good now grief. been arrested twice. And the last one was was a physical assault. Was he it threw a chair was? at somebody, I thought. Yeah. 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 So I think it was physical assault. So I feel like before you even get to this movie, there's all this stuff that is like surrounding people who have been involved with the Fantastic Beasts. So I feel like this is kind of going to off to a rough start before you even get into it, you know? Right. Yeah. I think you said it best. I think there's a lot of baggage here. I think some people might consider this to be a quote unquote cursed production. There's a lot of, there's a lot of films that have troubled productions that that don't do as well as expected i wonder do you have any idea how well i mean because we're what a a week and a half out now of of the opening of this movie how Mm -hmm. how well has it been doing do you know what the box office returns are like right now well so far through the 21st it has grossed 53 million in the united Mm. states and canada and worldwide it is just shy of 204 million Okay. So instead of doing better worldwide than it is in North America. Okay. Right. right. And, and it sounds like it's still doing pretty good for other movies released this year, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. compared to other Harry Potter movies, it's not anywhere near what it usually <laughs> yeah. makes, but yeah, of course that the, the, I don't even hardly think you could compare it to the Harry Potter movies. Cause that had a whole book series and movie series. It was very built up. So right. Yeah. Um, that's it kind had of a, a fan base. Thing it, had a, it had a built-in fan base before it even went to the silver screen. I, I think the first movie came out in 2001. When did the, when did the first book come out? How long before that had that book been out? I believe the first book was out in 97. Okay. Okay. And and then what how many books were out before the first movie came out, do you know? So it's so the first four books were written by the time the first movie came out. So we, she got through Goblet of Fire. Oh wow. Okay. So there was a huge fan base before that movie even hit. Mm-hmm. So by that point, okay, so you got to figure by the point by the time you have four books out you have four, wait, four books in four years. That's four years worth of buildup for, mm-hmm. <laughs> for building a fan base. And then the movie comes out and then it hits and and it went gangbusters, as I recall. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I'm remembering correctly, Harry Potter was kind of a big, big thing when it first dropped the first It movie. was, it was. And I remember seeing a lot of hype for the first movie, but I hadn't read any of the books and I didn't know mm. anything about it, but I just knew it was supposed to be 
a movie kind of geared towards kids that were my daughter's age at the time. Sure. And yeah. so I was like, Hey, do you want to go see this? And she's like, well, maybe, I don't know. But anyways, I dragged her along to see it. And I definitely liked it more than she did, but she sure. is a Harry Potter fan. She really yeah. is. It's just, I don't know. I just, I, it, it clicked with me right off the bat. So, <laughs> so something clicked for you with this, with this world, this universe, this Harry Potter, mm-hmm. this Potterverse, right? Yeah. But, you know, I really am into like my favorite type of stuff to watch and read is fantasy stuff. Right. right. I like the witches. I like the wizards, Mm. fairies, gnomes, goblins, trolls, you know, all of that stuff. That is really all that stuff is right up my alley. So So this is built for you. This is the type of thing that is is. built for you. This series was kind of written for people like me who really like that stuff. (laughs) So now I'm more of a sci-fi guy than I am fantasy. I will tell you right off the bat that this type of movie is not my cup of tea. This is not something that I will go on and search out. I do not Mm -hmm. like fantasy movies, generally speaking. I didn't watch Willow. I didn't watch Legend. I have very few fantasy movies in my bucket of films that I go back to. I think probably the only ones that I can think of are probably the Lord of the Rings movies. And it took me a while to warm up to those movies even. (laughs) But... But those are also on my annual rotation of right, yeah. watchable movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, all right. all right. I think we've, I think we've introed this enough. We already know that we're watching Fantastic Beasts, Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Why don't you tell everybody who directed it, who wrote it and who stars in it? All right. So this was directed by David Yates. David Yates has been involved with the Harry Potter Wizarding World franchise for quite a while now. He came in on Order of the Phoenix, and he has directed all of the movies since then. So he finished out the Harry Potter series, and he has also directed the first two of the Fantastic Beasts. And this one, so three, right? Uh-huh. Yep. So, so what is the Order of the Phoenix? What, what, what number is that? Order of the Phoenix is number five. Number five it goes, I, yeah, I believe so. I think it goes order of the Phoenix and then half blood Prince. And then, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Whatever the last one is. <laughs> the See, wand look of, at this expert, the wand of Snape or no, <laughs> something like that. The revenge. It'll come to me. It'll no, come to Harry me later. Potter, Harry Potter seven, the revenge. Oh my God. The deathly hollows. Deathly Hollows, thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm leaving that in there too because it's not <laughs> it's not very often that I get to show you up on Harry Potter stuff. And so there Just we completely have drawing a blank. That's all right. Everybody <laughs> draws a blank sometimes. Shit, I do it all the time. So okay, so all right. So then so this he, was well, well hang yeah. on. So he he directed the last four Harry Potter films, right? This is his movies. seventh movie in the Wizarding World. If anybody is an expert at directing Wizarding World movies, it's David Yates, right? I would think so. I mean, at this point, so. the man knows what he's doing. Yeah. I, would th- I would say. So All anyway, right. sorry. Okay, so now I want to just talk real quick about the writing here. So the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the first one in this series, was written by J.K. Rowling, and it was her first time writing a script screenplay this Um, movie or the first one no the first one okay and then the second one she also wrote so that's her second time now i just real briefly i'm just gonna say i feel like you can tell while there's interesting (laughs) characters and interesting set pieces and stuff like that the storyline feels very all over the place like it doesn't seem to have 
its focus yet. And I think mm-hmm. maybe she's just trying to figure out how to incorporate beasts into the story she wants to tell is I think what the problem was. But mm-hmm. anyways, this is part JK Rowling, but they brought in Steve Cloves on this one. And now Steve Cloves, he wrote the screenplays for all of the Harry Potter movies, except order of the Phoenix. So he was oh. involved with all of them, except for that one. Okay. And so I feel like this was a good move to bring him in to help her out and maybe tighten up what she was doing here. So. Okay. So, okay. So this movie has some serious pedigree when it comes to the creative staff. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got people that have been involved for a long years, time, years, decades mm-hmm. at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Over, absolutely. Over the span of a couple of decades now. So interesting. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Starring in this movie, we have Eddie Redmayne and he plays Newt Scamander again. Jude Law is coming in to play Dumbledore. And I'm going to say he's Albus Dumbledore because we now have three Dumbledores in here. That's who he was. That's who that was. That was Jude Law. Yeah. Was he the same guy that did him, that did uh, Dumbledore in the last two movies? I think so. Oh, my God. I had n- I'm pretty I, sure it was. I recognized him, but I didn't realize it was him. I, I guess I must have uh, missed his name in the credits even. This is this is it was one of the first ones up there. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Yeah, I know. It's whatever. Jeez, sorry. Go All on. All right, we have Mads Mikkelsen playing Grindelwald. Yes. Yeah. Callum Turner plays Theseus Scamander. Dan Folger is Jacob Kowalski. Allison Sudal plays Queenie. Ezra Miller is Credence Barebone. Or hey, we'll wait. Find out. Spoilers, everyone. <laughs> big time freaking spoilers <laughs> okay we kind of find it out in the second movie but that's okay we we've, yeah he, we found out he's a Dumbledore in the second movie we don't know which Dumbledore but they think he's a brother in the second movie this movie they found out he's Aberforth's son and his name's Aurelius Dumbledore All Jessica right. Williams <laughs> Jessica Williams is playing Lolly Hicks Richard Coyle plays Aberforth Dumbledore and Catherine Waterston's in here for a little bit at the end, playing Tina Goldstein. Yeah, I didn't, I, I really honestly feel like maybe they just got her for like a day. Like maybe she was doing something else. I don't I've know. Got what some, she I've had. got some theories and notes on some of this that we can maybe talk about later. Okay. All right. On that. Because yeah, yeah I, I do have, I do have some questions about that. I know that she was, she was in a uh, TV miniseries a couple of years ago, but there, there really isn't. Well, let's just talk, let's just talk about it real quick. So when I was doing my research, I, that was one of my big questions because I thought, okay, she was one of the main characters in the first two movies. Yeah. And to all of a sudden not have her when they're in here, taking down Dumbledore, taking down Dumbledore, taking down Grindelwald, that doesn't make any (laughs) sense to me. I feel like I feel like she should have been there. I mean, in the movie, what they said was that Tina was promoted to head or in mm-hmm. the United States. I can't remember what it's called, but the, the U S ministry of magic. Yeah. But I feel like if she's the head or why isn't she helping then take down Grindelwald? Cause Grindelwald's a worldwide threat, not just, you know, a European threat. And so there, I was, this is one of the things I was looking for. Now there's a couple theories out there. This is all speculation. So just take this with a grain of salt here. There's nothing confirmed. 
One of the ideas is what you mentioned that there was a scheduling conflict that mm-hmm. came up because of having to postpone due to the Johnny Depp pandemic issue. So okay. that's one theory is that maybe her schedule did not provide for it, but that still means they would have had to rewrite the story yeah. to, to get her out. The other theory is Waterston has vocally opposed Rowling's transphobic views. There are theories out there that either Rowling wrote the character out herself or Waterston asked for her role to be reduced as much as possible without breaking her contract. Again, nothing's been confirmed, but that's kind of, I've read that in like three different articles now. So I would like that to be the case because I'll just come out and say it. I stand with the people who are, who, who have a problem with JK Rowling. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with that stance of hers. It's called turf. It's trans exclusionary radical feminism. I don't have a problem with the radical feminism part. Believe me, the part that I have a problem with is trans exclusionary. That is, I feel like it belies a lot of the stuff that she has tried to build in this, in this whole thing, in this, this world that she's created. And again, it alienates a lot of her fans. Mm-hmm. I really hope that if that it, that it is the case that the actor took a stand against J.K. Rowling's views, which I have no problem with J.K. Rowling having those views. But if you're going to voice those types of things, you are going to have to deal with the fallout of it. You you just right. don't get to say whatever you want and have no consequences, guys. And that's right. what this is about consequences. So that I, I do hope that that's what it was, just because somebody needs to say something to her face about it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. So should we just jump into the jump into the movie? You want to talk about the movie? Do you want to talk about some other stuff before we jump into the movie? No, let's get into the movie. I'm sure some of the other stuff will come up as we go. So. Okay. All right. Perfect. Okay. So basically the movie, we start off kind of with, there was, there was a prologue that I didn't write anything down about, but after that prologue, we get uh, Newt, is it Scamander or Scamander? I think it's Scamander. Okay, so Newt Scamander. That's what it sounds like they're saying on the movie anyways. Okay, so Newt is helping a magical creature give birth. And again, this is one of those things that, and I'm going to talk about this throughout this, this episode because I really feel like they just jammed the magical beast stuff into this movie unnecessarily, which, okay, I get that's called Fantastic Beasts, but I feel like you're trying to tie it to Harry Potter when you could just let it live on its own, you know? So he's helping. Sorry. I do agree with that, but I feel like this beast, though, actually comes back to play into the storyline. There's other parts in here that it doesn't. And could they have done it differently? Sure. But... I do like seeing other things in the magic world. So seeing these beasts is interesting. It just don't just throw them in there to throw them in there, make them important or make them part of the story or make them fit. Like, like the um, Niffler fits in and the bow truckle, you know, those two kind of fit in and are part of the story. So you get to see these creatures, but they're not like, Oh, we're going to go over to this house and total sidetrack and look at this Kelpie horse that has nothing to do with anything. 
you yeah, know? that, 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 that kind of, but I feel me. like this one does come into play. So I, I understand why it's here. Yeah. I think the only reason that it comes into play is because they have to have a magical beast be involved somehow. And actually, so that, so basically then this becomes the most well-integrated magical beast uh, bit in the whole movie. So it, they, it's, it's called, oh man, I, I can't remember how to pronounce it. Killin or kiln. A killin? Well, I don't know. Killin? Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember now. I wonder if yeah. these have pronunciations in them. Anyways, go ahead. I don't know. So he, he helps this this creature give birth to a baby. But then all of a sudden, Grindelwald's buddies show up, including Credence, who's baby Snape, in my opinion. He looks like baby Snape. I even wrote that down. was one of my favorite, one of my favorite notes right off the bat is uh, Ezra Miller, young Snape. Now, see, that's what they should have done is they should have made him into young Snape. But anyway, I didn't write the movie. So they go in, they jump in, they kill the mama killing or whatever the hell it's called and kidnap the baby. And, and then Grindelwald comes back and or he, they bring it back to Grindelwald and Grindelwald kills the creature and uses its blood to basically see the future. Yeah, that part was confusing to me later because I took that as he needed the blood to see the future, but that's not, apparently he could see the future without the blood. So I don't yeah. understand why that was there, but anyways. Because there's, a, yeah. there's definitely a shot where you're seeing the future in the pool of blood from yeah. the, the creatures. So I don't know why he didn't... What, why didn't he need it later? Who knows? Because, because MacGuffin or whatever, but, but, but there was, there was another, there is another Skywalker. I mean, <laughs> killing there. So the, the, again, there's a twin and Newt absconds with the twin. He puts it in his magical briefcase that has like a house in it and runs off. And uh, so basically we find out that Dumbledore has recruited Newt and his brother, Theseus, and uh, a couple of teachers, a wizard named Yusuf Karma and Lolly Hicks, I think is the name of the, the one teacher. She's, she's from France, yeah. I think, right? Isn't she from, isn't she one of the, like the French wizards or something? I thought she was part of the United States, but I could okay. be wrong. But the other guy, he, you remember, he was in the second movie and Lolly's really briefly in the second movie too. Okay. All right. And then of course the... They have to, they need the nomadge. They need the muggle. So they bring back <laughs> Jacob Kowalski against his wishes. He doesn't want to come back, but they bring him back. He's sore because his girlfriend, who was a wizard, Queenie, uh, left him because he wouldn't marry her. And that's her arc. Is she sad? So she becomes a bad guy. I remember that from the second movie. She's sad. So she becomes a bad guy. That that actually was one of my biggest problems with that second movie is Queenie's arc. I did not like what they did with her. I felt like it didn't make sense, but it's <laughs> what Dumbledore's doing here is he's building Dumbledore's army. <laughs> why does he need a nomad though? Why does he need? A I, I don't know why he's there unless if they have a plan for him. I don't know. I don't know why he's there other than you know, he's a popular character. Everybody likes. So yes, you're going to write him in there. I know I why also, he's there like that they call them muggles in this and not no match because that's just dumb i don't no, like the no match thing no match is a dumb name i'm sorry i I'm it is dumb i don't out. like it no match is a stupid name i i mean <laughs> my god it like 
And uh, oh, so I know why he's there. I know why he's in this movie. They have to have him in this movie for one very simple reason. Comic relief. He is the goofy, fat American guy who is observing this whole thing from the outside. Now, dig this. I'm going deep. Okay, you ready? He represents the American audience latching onto Harry Potter and the Wizarding World. You okay. got your boots. You got your boots on because that's pretty deep. You ready? He is representative of the American audience, out of shape, kind of dumb, and interested in the magic stuff, but not interested enough to really like latch on to it too much. He's the American audience. He's the Americans wishing that they were still British people. That's that's my take on this. There we go. Podcast over. Lock it up. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, who knows? <laughs> That's the uh, film school nerd in me doing the analysis. There we have it. I, I really do think that, you know, joking aside, I do think that he does represent the American in for this movie, right? This is how we, he's our everyman. He's the person that we all can kind of connect to and say, okay, well, we're all humans and we're all non-magical. And so this is, you know, so he has to be there. Although, if she had done a good enough job in the first movie, introducing us into the world again, or reintroducing us into the world, I should say, then we wouldn't need Jacob Kowalski later. His story is just not that compelling. After three movies of constant like pratfalls and stupid like you know jokes about oh now I've got to obliviate or not obliviate, what do they call that when they jump around when they zip around and like was apparate apparate? There you go. I was I had a I had a rate part right right. So anyway. <laughs> Well, Let's just just to put my little two cents in, I like yeah. Jacob. So I, I I think he is funny and he is a comic <laughs> relief, but I like what they do with him and Queenie. I like his friendship with Newt Scamander. I, I, I like his character, so I, I'm okay with him. I will 100% tell you that I liked his character in the first movie. The first movie, I was all in. I thought it was a great character. It has been the same character. Like, he hasn't grown even a little bit. There's no arc for him. He was, he was completely in love with Queenie in the first movie. He's completely in love with Queenie in this movie. Nothing has changed. Not a thing. He's the same character. I don't know. He's, he's a pointless side character in my opinion. And I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not trying to crap on the movie because I know there's a lot of people that like these movies and I know you like these movies. And so I'm trying to be as soft about it as I can, but I feel like he's an unnecessary character. It's one of those things where like we were talking about how this movie might be too long and mm -hmm. you could cut a lot of his stuff. You could cut a lot of the magical beast stuff. And this movie could be two hours long, 20 minutes gone. I mean, it might work, you know? Yeah. Well, there is some stuff that comes up with him later that I, I want to talk about later that sure doesn't make sense in the wizarding world, but right. I we'll get to that when we get to that part right, of the story. Right, but right. so I, I mean, I see where you're coming from, but me personally, I still enjoyed his character. So I, I yeah. understand your point and I see where you're getting that. Sure. I could see that. So, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are kind of on both sides of that too. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. So they, they are, they're banding together to go and take over or not take over, but like take out Grindelwald. They, they, they're 
yes, guys, we are here to defeat another dark wizard, right? Isn't this what they did in Harry Potter? She's they had all I, get together. I, didn't I tell you this when we were watching that second one? You we might re, have. We rewatched the second one to kind of prep for this third mm-hmm. one. And I just looked at you and I said, I feel like she's just telling Voldemort's story again. Yeah. You know? Yep. You're absolutely right. Just different characters, but it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yep. It's a compelling story first time around. Second time around, it's still compelling, but it's not as it's not as fresh. So it's not as it's not going to feel mm-hmm. as good. You know, watching this isn't going to feel as good. So, but they go to Berlin to go to the German Ministry of Magic because every every country's got its own ministry of magic is that the idea do they all have ministries of magic and like hogwarts i guess so and crap i guess so i guess i never got from the books and maybe i missed something i don't know but Mm. i never got that there was that many different ministries but i guess it makes sense you're going to have the different countries it does make sense but that starts to make me think how many wizards are there because i always felt like the wizarding world, like the wizards were kind of more of a minority, you know, and the muggles were definitely the majority. Right. And now this is getting like a lot bigger and it's making it feel like, okay, there's a lot more than I ever imagined there would be. And again, maybe I just didn't read that into the books and that was just my interpretation of it, but it does, it's making it feel a lot bigger than I ever thought it was. It definitely does feel more sprawling than it had. Like, like Mm -hmm. that's the feeling that I got watching the movies uh, is that this was a unique school. And there was even, in one of the movies, I don't remember which one, they had like a, a competition and they had schools coming from Goblet other areas. Of fire. Goblet of Fire. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they had schools coming from other areas, right? They mm-hmm. had the sighing yep. girls and then they had the Victor <laughs> Crowley or whatever the hell that guy's name Victor was. Victor Crumb. Right? Victor Crumb. Victor Crowley's from Hatchet. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Completely different franchise. So, but they, but that was, yeah. And that had Batman in it. That was Batman, right? That was uh, the Batman guy. The, yeah, Pattinson was uh, Pattinson, Robert Pattinson. That's him. That's him. Pat, our, our Pattinson. So the, <laughs> but so, so at that point I started questioning, okay, how many other schools are there? And I think I might've mm-hmm. even asked you about that at the time, but I don't remember what your answer was. I'm not asking you to answer it now, but I'm just saying like that seed was already there for me. And now if we're going to the German ministry of magic, I am starting to think about this as a global community of wizards which mm-hmm. again makes you think well how f- i mean when we're talking about the x-men there's one school of x-men to start with and eventually the x-men end up and like there's like eight nine different teams so it feels bigger than it used to be it feels like they're more of a majority than they really are mm-hmm. so it's possible that these wizards are still the minority but they don't feel that way when you have this many. Groups, right. And you right? start one, like I start thinking about, you know, how they want to stay secret from yeah. the mothers. Yeah. yeah. And how it's, it's like that whole conspiracy theory thing. You know, it takes a lot of people to keep stuff a secret. There's a lot involved in the background and all that stuff. Yeah. And you start thinking, okay, this seems really implausible that you have this big of 
you know, a, a population and all this government and the schooling and that nobody else finds out about it. <laughs> it just seems <laughs> right? really not. I mean, and this is a long time because mm-hmm. this movie takes place in 1932 and the other movies, you know, are taking place in, I don't know what the nineties or something, two thousands. I, I, I don't 90s, know if they ever 2000s, even really talk know. about the time frame, but yeah. So it's just, this is a long time and like nobody ever finds out or do they just yeah. go around and obliviate everybody? Maybe that's what they're doing, but because I'm getting oh, way off track here. <laughs> no, no, let's stay off track because this is the kind of stuff I want to talk about. I've got other questions. In fact, we'll get to those, but for right now, let's stick with this, this assumption of what they, what do they do? How do they keep, how do they keep the, how do they keep the rabbit in the bag? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or rabbit in the hat, excuse me, the cat in the bag. Here's how they do it. They have to obliviate. Because think about this. There's a couple times in this movie where there are knockdown, drag out magic brawls in the middle of streets in the regular world. Not in the, mm-hmm. not in the wizarding world. In the regular world. They are blowing up buildings mm-hmm. and knocking stuff down and br- like blowing up buses and crap. How is it? Do they have to men in black it, right? They have to come up. They're like, okay, just look at this right here. Here we go. You know, and that's it. They have to. Otherwise, everybody knows about wizards. But how do they get that out? Because remember in the first one, so the Mm -hmm. first Fantastic Beast, and they had that big building explosion, and then they were down in the subway, and then they had that big arc thing, the protecting spell, Mm -hmm. and there was all those people around it. Right. And they were saying, well, it's out now. There's no way we could do it. And so they had the thunderbird go in the air and, and, you know, basically obliviate everybody with the water. Right. That bird's got a lot of work ahead of it. Hit everybody. You know, that, you're going to have some people that's, that don't get obliviated. Case in point, Jacob. About. Case in point, Jacob. Yeah. Because he was supposed to be obliviated, but it didn't work on him. Right. Yeah. And we're meant to believe that it's because of love, but it's not. It's because of faulty writing. I mean, that's what it yeah, comes down to. Yeah, that part doesn't make sense to me because, you right. know, he was saying something about you don't remember the bad things or something like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, he walked away at the end like he did not know anything. Right. You know, he obviously had right. some repressed memories because he was making his pastries in the shape of, you know, those animals and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I feel like they did like a curveball here and they're kind of changing some of the rules <laughs> they <whatever>. did <laughs> they are changing the rules they're not okay they're not changing the rules like friday the 13th the original change of the rules where they like set up this big murder mystery and then have it be somebody that they've never introduced through the entire movie this though is a problem i think in the script is that they don't know how to deal with that fact and they don't address mm-hmm. it in a good way i don't think so. yeah and and it's really not part of the story Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things I think about when I'm thinking about these movies, like how would right. that really be? <laughs> now, okay. So now we were talking about stuff that, that we think about like outside of these films, I had this thought and how do the wizards deal with global problems? So for example, the Holocaust. And the reason that I thought of this is they're in Germany. It's 1932. It is just pre Nazi regime. It's Hitler's alive and going right now. He's he's starting his whole thing, right? He's in the middle of building his 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 army up. How does the wizarding world deal with the Holocaust? And how do they allow that stuff to happen? Well, this will be interesting because if they do continue with the next two movies, 
my my guess is that she really is trying to tell the story of Dumbledore and Grindelwald because you know mm-hmm. we we started with Newt, but the second and third movies we've completely got he is now a side character. He is yeah. not the main yeah. character. And Dumbledore defeats Grindelwald in 1945, which I believe is going to be. Is that right after the war? When does the war end? When does World War II end? I think World War II ends in 45. I feel like she was tying some of this in, like when she was doing her Harry Potter stuff and kind of doing the background stories on people. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I vaguely remember she was tie, trying to tie that into World War II somehow, the whole Dumbledore Grindelwald thing somehow. It officially um, ends It officially ends in September of 1945. That's the official okay. end of World War II. So it'll be interesting if they do the next two movies, if they have the World War in here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I, I want, I, and, and here's the thing, you run the risk of trivializing what everything was all the right. all the, the true trauma in the world our collective trauma as a global community right this world war ii and the holocaust is a collective mm-hmm. trauma as a community in this universe or in this world and you run the risk of trivializing that this right, is why right. We don't, yeah this is, that is something you got to tiptoe yeah. very carefully around because yeah. it, it is it's mm-hmm. a horrible thing that happened and yes. you can't just yeah. make light of it. So, right. Well, no, and I don't even think that, I don't even think that you have to make light of it to make it a, for it to be a problem with you. I think that having your characters interact with it without, and, and like, and like maybe potentially altering it is an issue. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like I could see well, that. Yeah. Like, like Indiana Jones succeeds because Indiana Jones is, is off to the side of the main stuff that's going on. And maybe that's the way they have to go here. Right. Like, sure. sure he meets Hitler in, in last crusade, but it's this like moment where he like bumps into him and gets his autograph accidentally. And then like, they go on about their business and he goes on about his, you know? So mm-hmm. like, maybe that's what they're going to have to do to kind of, I, I feel like you're right, yeah. but it makes me wonder because they're in Germany when all this stuff is going on. That that's why I was like, where are they going with this? Yeah, you know? I think I think what I think my problem is that I my worry for this is that I don't think that I don't think that J.K. Rowling is a strong enough screenwriter to be able to to be able to navigate. She is not. Yeah, to be able to navigate these these proverbial bumps in the road when it comes to history and it comes to you know putting a setting a movie in that period you know mm-hmm. so. yeah so okay so back to the story we have oh there's one character a use of karma does not go or comma is it comma or karma i kept saying i kept thinking he was saying karma but i don't know he ends up going to grindelwald to be like a spy he's going to be Dumbledore spy like this just seems to be a thing for him to have spies everywhere but anyway he's going to be Dumbledore spy in Grindelwald's inner circle meanwhile the rest of everybody goes to Germany goes to the Ministry of Magic they are they're they're trying to elect the next like leader of the wizarding world and (laughs) they got this is okay so they call it the Supreme Mugwump. Supreme Mugwump is what they call it. Now, <laughs> I mean, I let a lot of things go, but that is a dumb name. I'm sorry. <laughs> I they, She could have come up with a better name than that. 
but they're trying to keep Grindelwald, they're trying to keep Grindelwald from having like a following. And so they believe that like putting him in jail or stopping him from running would create more of a following. And so they are like, okay, well, let him, let him go to the election and let him get defeated legitimately. And then he'll lose support. And then I started thinking, wow, did these guys base this off the 2016 elections? (laughs) Or am I crazy? Because I looked at you in the movie and I said, this seems familiar. (laughs) Yeah. Holy freaking like Trump world mania. My God. It was not subtle, guys. Let's just put it that way. Definitely not subtle. Uh, yeah, because then they were trying to do the uprising thing with the supporters. Yes. <laughs> there was all that going on, too. Criminy. So. Yeah, they had signs and everything, too. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote they, down. Apparently, they just watched the news and were like, ooh, this is interesting. Uh, Let's write this into the story. <laughs> I, I wrote down, make Hogwarts great again. <laughs> is what I wrote down because that's what it seemed like to me, right? Oh, so, yeah, that was that was kind of crazy. God, it was it was you know I bandy the term ham-handed about every once in a while, and and I, I feel like sometimes I do it too much. But this this is what you call the very definition of ham-handed. This is jammed in there. They might as well have just put like an arrow that said, "Hey, this is like a Trump analogy." And like pointed it straight at Grindelwald <laughs> and pointed it straight at like his supporters. Just have like, like th- I think about like the the episode of South Park where they're talking about uh, Scientology and they're telling the story of Scientology. And as they're telling the story of Scientology and animating it, they're putting at the bottom of the screen. This is what Scientologists actually believe. I feel like that's what this this movie couldn't have been more obvious if it had done that. That's that, that's the only way it could have been more obvious about their analogy to the 2016 election, but they're going to keep going with this election stuff. (laughs) It's just not where it's going to end. So anyway, they, they Grindelwald's people end up at the ministry of magic in Germany too. And they get Theseus arrested and they're going to go ahead and, and assassinate one of the other candidates to assure uh, Grindelwald's election, which, Mm -hmm. Given what we know what of what Grindelwald's plan was, why is this a thing? I don't know. Why would you go through and get this Quillen and then... That's how you say it. Quillen. Quillen. Yeah, I, I don't know why Shit. he would go through, get this Quillen, and then do that. Maybe he wanted multiple plans just to make sure he was in. Plan A and a plan like, B? Yeah, like, like no chance that he would not win maybe maybe but it's it just seems it seems like overkill it seems rigging the election yeah he's rigging the election but like uh, but anyway so they 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 go in they they get theseus arrested they try to assassinate the the other candidate but they end up now you notice i haven't talked a lot about newt because he's barely in this like he's in it but he is a side character now which i am so disappointed because i like this character and eddie I redmayne like is fantastic what it. eddie redmayne's yeah. done with this too yeah and i was really disappointed going into the second one when we are no longer talking about a newt scamander story this is now right. a dumbledore grindelwald story so i right. i'm disappointed that it's gotten away from 
new characters, you know? Right, right. Now, this whole fight with the Dumbledores here, with Credence and Albus, what I find interesting here is Dumbledore's little what put-outer thing, whatever the heck, I don't remember if that's what it's called, but that light (laughs) thing, he's got it here, and he does something with it, and they go to, like, like a flip side so that way they're not interfering yeah. with the interfering with the humans. Right. Why don't they like everybody have something like that? So that way if there's something going on, like you get out of the view of the yeah. humans. Yeah. Is this just something I mean, and I don't think it's ever talked <laughs> about where Dumbledore got this thing, like ever, or what it does exactly. I mean, it it has so many things. It's like it does the light thing and then in the Harry Potter ones that helped Ron find his way back to mm-hmm. Harry and Hermione. Right. And it's like, what, what is this thing? It's just <laughs> a gadget that apparently does whatever it needs to in a moment. Like, Oh, how do we get this to happen? Oh, use that little put outer thing. Yeah, I get it. It is goofy that they have. this. Now thing. I'm going to go back and say this, the visuals mm-hmm. were cool. This was very fun to watch. Sure. This movie definitely looks good however that's not the merit that i that's not what i judge a wizarding world movie on and again not my cup of tea but they are decent films i feel not unflawed not like not perfect films but they are decent flicks a lot of people like them a lot of people have decent taste when it comes to this i mean they're not terrible movies No. And I feel like the reason why I want to bring that up is because I feel like I'm even being a little more nitpicky on all these Mm -hmm. things because I have a lot of issues with the movie. Right. But there is, I mean, for a Harry Potter fan, there is still cool stuff in here to see. There's still things that make it feel like the wizarding world. So. Right. Oh yeah. Definitely. Well, that that whole, I didn't really like that. Okay. Now we're just using this gadget for something else. Right. That doesn't make sense to me, but what was happening was neat to see the fight between them. And then, you know, kind of they're talking and him credence backing off and starting to question his loyalties and stuff like that. I feel like this is an important turn for credence. I, I liked what was happening there. Yeah. Something that I skipped over that I probably shouldn't have is during this scene at the ministry, they, they thwart the assassination attempt on the candidate, the one candidate, the, what is it? Vincentia Santos. They they thwart that assassination attempt, but Jacob tries to go and talk to Grindelwald to mm-hmm. get him to let Queenie go because Queenie, he feels like Queenie's in his thrall, right? And right. somebody calls him an assassin and- Grindelwald he, does. Was it Grindelwald that calls him mm-hmm. an assassin? I thought it yep. was somebody else that calls him assassin. No, I'm pretty sure it was Grindelwald. I think okay. Said he was. Well, anyway, they accuse him of trying to assassinate Grindelwald and- <laughs> And he uses that to, as like his proof that the muggle world is like bad. And he uses that as like kind of the crux for turning his crew against him. It's almost his followers. Yep. Yeah. It's so in the point in the finger, these, yeah, yeah. It's almost as if there's a politician in the real world who maybe like points a finger and says, oh, this guy's bad news. And like an entire group of people that follow that particular politician say, go, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy sucks based off of what this dude's telling me. I have no idea what you're referencing. (laughs) I don't. I mean, I feel like I'm making it up and God 
damn it. If wish, I wish I was making it up, but I'm not. So anyway. They... Now, I was very happy that that wand didn't actually work. I was so worried when they yeah. handed him this wand. Yeah. That somehow he was going to make that work through here. And I even looked at you and I was like, if that wand works, I'm going to be pissed because <laughs> that would be completely not in the were rules of how this all works so right it would blow everything out of the water do that (laughs) yeah it would blow everything out of the water we even had this conversation i've asked you lots of questions Uh, off the air i've asked you lots of questions about how wands work how magic works how wizards work just to kind of get a feel for how this all goes and it's my understanding that the wand if i've learned if i have learned my lesson correctly (laughs) the wand is a conduit for the magic which stems from the user right it's used to channel the magic yeah it channels the magic it's like a prism and the wand has to have a magical core to actually work with the wizard right yes so it's like a kyber crystal in a lightsaber only anybody can use the lightsaber none anybody can use a wand right can somebody can a non-magic user pick up a wand and just be like experimentus magical this and have something happen me personally and what like i've read can't? and i understand oh. and what my thinking is is no okay all right the magic is from the person the wand is used to help channel that magic and make the spells more accurate and potent I don't think just anybody can pick something up that doesn't have any magical abilities and use that because, you know, they have the terminology in the Harry Potter world of squibs. Squibs are, are people who are born to wizarding parents, but have no magical abilities. And those squibs don't have the ability to do magic. They can't use wands to, to do magic. So that's why I feel like my opinion is, if I, you know, just muggle picks it up, no magic ability, they cannot use the wand for that. So the magic comes from inside you. Yes. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> just making sure. So after Dumbledore and Credence fight, he, they he figures out like it's it's revealed like re, uh, like Dumbledore figures out that Credence is his brother's kid, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how he does makes that leap, but that, that's either. what it's, happens. It's, yep. it's there. It's there. It right? happens. Yep. Yeah. I figured it out because of the friggin' mirror. There was a mirror thing. Right. And like, yeah. Now, how did Credence know that that was the person who he was talking to? Because that's another thing that doesn't make any damn sense to me is Credence is sending messages uh, like foggy mirror messages across the universe to his dad. I'm assuming he knows he's his dad. Otherwise, why is he talking to him? He's like, I want to come home. And yeah. yet he is. And yet this, this, this moment of like exposition where we learn that Credence is actually Abelforth's. Aberforth's. Abel, Aberforth's. 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 Aberforth's is kind of a revelation moment for him too, which is weird because if he, if, if this is a revelation for him, then why is he writing to this guy? I, I don't know. And I'm not quite sure 
I maybe when I watch it again, it'll click a little bit more, but yeah. I'm not sure I understand. Did Aberforth know he had a son or did he not know he had a son? I that part's a little muddy to me. I, I don't know when he actually knew he had a kid. I feel like and, he did know he had a kid. But I do feel like he found out that Credence was his kid during this movie. But other than that, I'm like, I, I don't know when he knew. They're trying to. Okay, there's an old term. It's called cramming 10 pounds of shit into a five pound bag. And that's what they are trying to do with is this that a movie. technical term. It is a technical <laughs> term. And uh, it's a it's a it's a packing thing for when, when I was a kid, my dad used to say it. I don't know if it's a military term or what, but like he always used to say, I can fit 10 pounds of shit into a five pound bag. And and he always credited like his abilities that he learned through the military of like packing his duffel bag with that. So I don't know if that's what it is, but anyway, that's what they're doing in this movie is they're trying to, it feels like they're cramming three movies worth of stuff into one movie and stuff gets missed. As long as this movie is and as tedious as it is, it should have been two movies. They don't need to just try and cram it all into one thing. Like, why didn't you seed some of this stuff earlier? Why didn't you put some of this stuff in the second movie? Where, I mean, and this is why I say that I feel like J.K. Rowling is not a very good screenwriter because she didn't bother putting any of this stuff earlier on in those first two movies. And it took, it, it, it needed to be, it, she needed to have a cohort to, like you said, tighten it up a little bit, but I mean, you can only, you can only tighten something like this up so much, you know? I, yeah. 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 I don't know. Anyway. So, okay. Well, I don't want to make, I don't want to make this into a complete complaint session, but he, when Credence finds out who his father is, he starts to question whether or not he really wants to be part of Grindelwald's army. And meanwhile, at that point, I guess everybody's going to India to the India Ministry of Magic, because why not, right? Not that it's not that it's a problem that India has a Ministry of Magic. Again, it just seems like if you name a country, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, the Ministry of Magic is down that street." You know. So, like, so then, so each country has its own Ministry of Magic. So, what are they right. voting on? They're voting on like the head person over the whole world. The is that what this head president Muslim of thing the is? the president of Planet Wizard Wizard Earth? earth okay wizard earth president like so, this guy is, is in charge person, of everything is that person well no this that person went i feel like that person i always thought in harry potter storyline the head person was always in london i knew that there was others i mean reading the books i knew that there was other mm -hmm. ones out there but for me it always felt like it was there but that's where the stories were focused so right. now it seems like that where whoever gets voted all of a sudden that they could be wherever they want to be. There's <laughs> not like a capital of the world or something. For yeah. the I, 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 I don't know. I have questions about this whole friggin' process. Okay. Because it turns out that the Quillen is also the method by which people are elected, except you they, also have to vote. 
I don't understand. But they said it used to be. They said the Quillen used to be how they did it. They didn't do it that way anymore. They why are they it. relying on it? Because, because they spend they a lot of time. They found one and they're bringing it back in. So let's mm-hmm. do it that way this time. Okay. All right. Well, whatever. It just very seems, convenient. Yes. It's yes. It seemed very convenient. So the Quillen that they use is actually the one that Grindelwald murdered. It's a zombie. It's zombie Quillen. He uses necromancy to he basically does. bring it back to life. And yep. it he makes it bow to him, which makes everybody vote for him, which, by the way, how the hell do they count all those votes? It's basically wizards shooting colors into the air. How do you tally those It's just votes? magic. I guess you just know. <laughs> I do know. not accept that. There is no <laughs> logical way to count those votes. They... And then they change it, too, because once it turns out that, oh, yeah, Newt shows up and he's like, oh, no, see, this isn't the right way to go. They there was this whole thing where they like switched his briefcase with like a bunch of other briefcases to try and throw people off because they knew that there was another one out there. Can we talk about that for a while? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, please. Definitely. Okay, so this briefcase stunt, (laughs) I it's a shell game, right? It is the shell game. And they said that too, even. Yeah, they no, said that a, even. That's what I mean. That's that's I'm making a reference to the movie. I I feel like while the briefcases were out there, it brought us some interesting moments. It brought us in some um, what do they call them? Easter eggs. Yeah. Because you have the book of monsters and you have the bag of bagels from the first one. And so you so you got these different things in there. So that uh-huh. part was interesting. Sure. The whole theory behind it, though, is where I get a little confused. Yeah. Because Dumbledore says that we can't know which one is okay. Let's let me back up even further. Okay, <laughs> these briefcases. Okay, these briefcases. Guys, this is exactly why, what this movie does to people. Go. Why do they need to go to a muggle shop to make these briefcases? They're magicians. Can't yeah. they just wand them up some new? Briefcases? They have they have a potion that they can drink <laughs> that can turn everybody into the exact clone of one person. But they can't magic up a few to, briefcases. No, they can't. They have to wait for two days to get these suitcases made. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Right. Doesn't make any All sense. Right. No sense. So then they get these briefcases and they're all in a circle. And Dumbledore says, nobody can know which one's which because Grindelwald can see the future. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, when they go up and Jacob goes to grab one and Dumbledore shakes his head, no. Yeah. So Jumbl- a different one. So Dumbledore Jacob knows, knows that he which has, one yeah. it is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Number two, Bunty knows she has it. Right. She That's knows. And people. she says- she says to Newt, nobody can know everything. But obviously, two people knew this. So and how because is it that she, Grindelwald can't see that? But uh, what? And, and because what? She, because Bunty says that to Newt, Newt knows it. Now we have three, maybe even four people that know. <laughs> because Jacob gets, gets waved off of the one. So Jacob knows there's something special about that specific briefcase. Right. So Dumbledore knows, Jacob knows, Bunty knows, and Newt knows. Newt, no, not, Jake do, no, Jacob doesn't know, and Newt doesn't know. They yes. don't know until they the have to know. They can't no, be that because, dumb. Because, because Newt doesn't pick up the right one. He picks up a different. He actually thinks he has the one. And she says that to Newt before that, when they're working with the Kelpie or something like that. It was back way back then that she said something like that. Uh-huh. And she didn't say it again until after she brings that last right. suitcase up with the Quillen in it. Where was his so suitcase? I, so I really think it was just, 
it 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 like disintegrated when that other wizard got it. Remember that the one Grindelwald lady wizard got oh, yeah, it and yeah, then yeah, it like right. evaporated up. So yeah, Monty it brings it up, she has whatever. it. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, my bigger problem is you have two people. You have Dumbledore and you have Bunty who know. And if Grindelwald's going to watch anybody, he's going to watch Dumbledore. Right. So I feel like, eh, okay, I, I let <laughs> it go while he's watching it. But kind of when I'm thinking back, I'm like, wait a minute, how is that going to work? He's going to see that. Yeah. I'm very hands talking right now. Nobody else could see it, but you're probably like going, what the heck? I'm uh, no, no, I'm used to it. I guess. <laughs> I, I'm half Italian. I'm used to that. So. I kind of expect that in my conversation, but <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree. This, this, this whole shell game thing, as Jacob puts it is, is kind of goofy and almost unnecessary, but it is what it is. And they manipulate the ceremony to get the Quillen to bow to Grindelwald. And then everybody votes for Grindelwald. He becomes okay. the, hold on. He becomes the grand mugwump or whatever. What is it? Supreme Mugwump. Oh, man, I was so close. The Supreme Mugwump. He becomes the Supreme Mugwump, and he immediately declares war on the Muggles. Like that second. Immediately. (laughs) It's like, dude wants to nuke a hurricane ASAP. He's like, we're doing this. Let's go. Turn around. We're heading straight to the capital. I mean, we're heading straight out into the Muggle world, and we are going to fight like whatever. You know what I mean. They... This was another, this is another like capital riot freaking thing, right? Because he's ramping yeah. them all up and he's like, now let's go. Yeah. You know? So I have with this whole scenario here, I have a couple things. Yeah. Yep. So one Queenie who mm-hmm. can read minds. Yeah. Only when it's convenient. And, but she, sure. and she is following Grindelwald because she wants to be with Jacob. Now, at all this point, she has to have known that this is what Grindelwald was thinking. So how is she still following him? I know what towards later she's <laughs> saying she's, she's too far in. She can't get out. Okay, right, I get right. that part. But you, you're telling me that not one time before that, he didn't show his real true colors to you? I don't believe that. I don't believe maybe, that at all. Maybe Grindelwald has the ability to keep people from reading his thoughts there's that there's that possibility there's occlumency it's it's called occlumency in the harry oh, potter world and he might be very good at it and maybe she can't so, so uh, okay okay i'll give her I'll that give but that. my yeah. my question though is her logic okay she she joins grindelwald because she wants to be with jacob but then later she tells jacob that she doesn't want to be with him because she doesn't want him be in danger right so what 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 is she even doing? Why is Queenie even involved in this? Okay, see, this is why I have a big problem because I like Queenie, but they just messed with her character so much. She they it's a it's it's a very I'm gonna say the S word. It's a sexist take. It's a completely sexist take. She like her her motivation is that she's in love with with a swell guy, and that's her whole motivation. There's nothing deeper than that for her. And in fact, this story rewards everything that she's done as a member of Grindelwald's whole scheme. When she turns, she just gets off scot-free. She does. That is one of my problems with the end. And, you know, who knows? Maybe there was a thing and we don't see it, blah, blah, blah. But to me, it feels like there's not a lot of time that 
passes and she has no repercussions for being part of this group that were out killing people that were that were ready to take over the muggle world and start a war yeah and she has no repercussions no repercussions no repercussions at all even like she should be in jail or something magical prison whatever right azkaban azkaban that is yeah the right isn't that the like the crazy place that's a wizard oldman went that's the wizard prison yeah that's where gary oldman went right now, I don't know if that's the whole world, because it always seemed to me like everybody went to that one. But now with all these different yeah. ministries, maybe everybody has their own, the you know, the Irish Azkaban and the, you know, India Azkaban. Who knows? But maybe they all have Azkaban. their own prisons. Yeah. There's dementors everywhere. Right. Good old prison. Well, they bike. did show the one prison that the, what's his name? The brother, Theseus. They showed that one prison Theseus. Oh, yeah, to, yeah. And that didn't have the dementors that had that whatever the hell it was it looked uh, like the sarlacc me, yeah it looked to me like it was a blast ended scrut but it wasn't <laughs> what they had those in the books in harry potter that's what it looked like to me but it wasn't it was something else and i've read what it was but i i don't know what it is i think it's a throw new that creature. name at me one more time because it sounded like you said something about scrotum go on tell me again i believe it's called <laughs> a blast ended scrut that's just wrong what the hell <laughs> Whatever it was, it was a sarlacc. It was a pit that had a monster that would eat people. That's a sarlacc, guys. It this is Return of the Jedi. That's Return of the Jedi. <laughs> but anyway, the, yeah, that that prison was different. That's where that's where Newt had yeah. to do more of his like magic stuff, where he's like walking like a crab and gyrating his crotch or something. Which, come on, man, what is this? What are you going for? There is no, there's no consistent there's no consistent like mood for this movie at all there's no consistent and it, that that thing took forever to, it to get did. it's like it's like okay i i get it you got this cute little funny thing but then it like went on and how on many times does he have to do his little crab like, dance because okay. he does it like three times and he gets his brother to do yeah. it and then oh no we're gonna yeah. do it again oh god okay enough we get it the crabs <laughs> like you. that's great oh and then his brother steps on one and oh my god oh the, the light goes out and then, Okay, we get it. It's great. This is fantastic. You got to bust them out. You did it. Fun. What? Can't you do this off screen? You bust them out. Like, like this. Of all the things that to leave off screen, that could have been fine. Tell me why Queenie doesn't have some sort of repercussions. I am not okay with like whatever her repercussions are happening off screen. There's no, there's no resolution to yeah. that, right? Yeah. Like because no, you have that. you have the main storyline, which is you know, which is Grindelwald and his his ultimate fate is death or assuming death right because mm-hmm. uh, you're telling me that he's got to fight uh, dumbledore in 1945 so this is a death right that's his fate and mm-hmm. but her fate is nothing her fate is reward you know me i don't like movies she that go reward home and get married guys. to yeah uh, the yeah to jacob to well yeah place. oh now oh and now now they're trying to make a to, to trying to make like a gay rights analogy here because now those of us who love whoever we love can get married, right? That's great, except it rings hollow when you do that, especially when you do it with a character who has been a villain for the entire movie and had no repercussions for what she did. I'm sorry, I'll get off my soapbox. I tried so hard not to be so hard on this movie. I really did. So have you gotten through everything? Because I've got some stuff I got to go back to cover. Because Well, we talked through, some we of talked the stuff through we got. everything, right? Okay. We okay. talked through all of the all the main stuff of the movie, right? Didn't we? 
Did I, we? I think so. I, yeah. there was definitely yeah. some parts that yeah. we didn't talk about, but there was a lot going on in this movie. So yeah. there's a few missteps that I wanted to talk about. One of them is the apparating into Hogwarts. <laughs> you cannot apparate into Hogwarts. This is Apparently a you hard can. established rule that was established in the Harry Potter series. Now you see people apparating. Now the first time it happened was in the second movie. And I was like, eh, I, I don't like this because that you can't do that. But they were at the bridge. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give it to it. Cause maybe there's like a border that they're saying, okay, they operated outside the border of Hogwarts and they sure. walked in. Okay. I'll give it that. Or maybe Dumbledore hasn't implemented some kind of rule. And that's See, something that comes later, but I don't that's know. What... I feel like you, you have this happen, but there's a rule that says it can't. So it bothered I wonder, me. I wonder if they're not going to, like have that show up in one of the later movies. If they're still planning on making four and five, that could still be something that gets implemented, right? Maybe that's like how they end up fighting. Maybe that's how their final battle happens is he apparates into Hogwarts and that's why they Dumbledore put, yeah. says, hey, like no said, more maybe apparating. Maybe he hasn't implemented it. Yet. Yeah, I don't know. So I, I think that's, for me, as, as a casual fan, for me as a casual fan, I can see because there's 70 years between this and Harry Potter where mm -hmm. they could have you know, the, the no operating, uh, restriction in place later. Sure. Sure. So, yeah. Another one yeah. is Kowalski is inside Hogwarts. And according yeah. to the Harry Potter series, any muggle <laughs> that approaches the school, will see a crumbled down ruin, crumbling ruin with right. danger signs on it. Yeah. So again, maybe Dumbledore made an exception and lifted the enchantment for Jacob or whatever. But again, it was like, okay, but they don't he's tell not us supposed that. to be there. He they don't tell us that. Yeah, they don't tell us that, first of all. And secondly, they the the thing is they're trying to they're trying to create a whole new generation of fans with these movies because let's I mean, let's face it. The Harry Potter movies were 15 to 20 years ago now. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're 15 yeah. to 20 years old or more. So, so most of the people that grew up with them are the people who are now bringing their kids to these movies, right? Mm -hmm. They don't need to apply those hard, fast rules just yet. But, but here's but, my problem yeah. with that. Yep. Is while you have your very hardcore Star Trek fans and your yep. hardcore Star Wars fans, you That's have where I was gonna your go with hardcore this. Yep. Harry Potter fans, yep. and you are just blatantly going against yes. rules that have yes. been established. Yes. Yes. I agree. I 100% so agree. Me, you know? I 100% agree. I'm on your side on this, but I can see why they're doing it, but mm -hmm. I don't think it's right is I guess what I'm yeah. trying to get at that. I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it more appealing to people who's who the, the kids, the new generation of, of wizarding world fans that are going to be latching onto these movies, hopefully as well, as much as they're latching onto the originals or as, as, as hopefully as much as the previous generation latched onto the originals. But again, right. like you said, they are, they're breaking rules. They're breaking rules. That you, no. you like, you can't just put them out there and then just ignore them. Right. You know, I mean, right. Although, and you don't have to show dang. us lifting curses yeah. for Jacob or something, but it could just be a throwaway line, you know, that, right. You know, something You've, to throw yeah, away to that just it. excuse the fact right. that you have a muggle 
sitting in Hogwarts. I think, you know? the, I think the problem is that it's not something that is progressing beyond the movies that we know. This is something that happens before the movies that we know. So yeah. that's where, that's where I have a problem with it. Now, if they, if they had changed things going beyond, right, there's a scene in the last Jedi where they do something that they really hadn't ever explored before, which is like weaponizing hyperspace, right? Nobody had ever done that before. If they had done that in the prequel movies, I would have a major problem with it. In the sequel movies, because they are moving forward with something, something mm -hmm. new that you can kind of figure out and explore, I'm okay with it there. In fact, I mm -hmm. love it there. It, it, but what they're doing here with Harry Potter is they're trying to change established lore. And you can't yeah. really do that, especially if you're not going to explain it. And this is another one of those problems with like, with, with, with Rowling and her inability to write succinctly as a screenwriter, you know, she throws yeah. the bad stuff out or she throws the, she throws the important stuff out and keeps the bad stuff in is the way I'm, is the way I see it. Yeah. So another thing is the killing curse. So in the Harry Potter movies, mm -hmm. the killing curse is always that green, you know, I, I don't ever know how they really say it. Is it was it a Vada Kedavra or something like that? Anyways, it's got the green sparks, right? The green yeah. I shooting think, laser beam. I think that uh, Voldemort said Avada, Avada, or something like that. that so. That's you nailed it. Uh, did I? Did you I do really it. well there? Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, hopefully, I didn't blow anybody's speakers up. But that was I've been working on that in the bathroom. <laughs> like when I'm going to the bathroom, <laughs> I'm like Avada, 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 to my poop and stuff. I'm gonna cut that. Oh part. my god. <laughs> okay so in here you see green stuff all yeah. over the place so are yeah. they just doing all sorts of killing curses now here's the other thing is a killing curse cannot be blocked you cannot block a killing curse a killing curse is instant so it's you like the are, crane technique you are dead on hit it's the only yeah. way to get out of it is either to physically avoid that curse or if you have a wand that has uh, matching cores, so like Voldemort and Harry Potter did, mm -hmm. they they can the the spells can connect and do their little thing they like to do in the Harry Potter movies, where they just shoot beams at each other and they connect, <laughs> right? But I feel like the Quillen, the Mama mm -hmm. Quillen, was killed with a killing curse because it was mm -hmm. green sparks coming out of that thing. She didn't but die instantly did though die instantly yeah. and it actually got hit a couple times and it laid there in agony maybe it um, works differently it on magical creatures versus like humans maybe it did however yeah Grindelwald also shot a killing curse at credence at the end and the two dumbledore brothers mm -hmm. blocked that curse with their wands now they don't yeah. have brother wands and grindelwald has the elder wand so he has the most powerful wand out there. So, so you're telling me now that now that you've got two wands that aren't cores, you got three yeah. wands here now that aren't cores, right? They, they can, they're going to block that now. They now, don't have I'm matching cores. A little mean, bit right? that okay, maybe it was because they were protecting him. I don't know, but it doesn't make sense because that's again not the rules that were established. Right? Yeah, that's a problem. That's a major problem. If they're saying that that specific that. First of all, I want to make an analogy or comparison. The killing curse is the crane technique from the karate kit, right? If if you do it <laughs> if you do it right, if you do it right, you cannot defend against it. 
That's what Miyagi tells Daniel. If you do it correctly, nobody can defend it. Also, the <laughs> one of the ways to avoid it is with the drum technique from Karate Kid 2, which is the best defense is to not be there when the strike happens. That's the whole idea behind the great, behind the drum technique. So you hide. So, no, no, not hide. It's just that you avoid it, right? You move, you move. And, but so this is the, so my theory is that my theory here is that JK Rowling got really high, watched Karate Kid and Karate Kid part two and came up with that. And that's why oh, it doesn't goodness. make any sense later. So now I was on some major shrooms. I'm going to give this movie is there is a lot of nonverbal spells happening. So, yeah. so, so wizards can do nonverbal spells and they actually teach nonverbal spells once you get into Hogwarts, but there is supposed to be the harder spells like these death curses and stuff mm -hmm. like that. From my understanding is you need to speak these words in order to make them happen. But now I know Voldemort was able, I think, at some points to do it without speaking the word. You got to friggin' mean it in the way that you mean right, it. You got to say it. I, I don't know. So I feel like there's some wishy-washy stuff going on there. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I had a little yeah. issue with that. Now, what ends up happening with that where the, what is it? The blood troth or whatever. The, the blood what? bond, the blood bond, blood trough. Oh yeah, breaks. the little the little bracelet thing. The, yeah. The so that ends up breaking on this, which does again doesn't make sense to me how it broke. It just ooh, this happened now. Now it's broken. So now they can it's, fight each other. It's magic. I know, magic. but they were talking about you can't break one of those. <laughs> they and they were going to try and figure out a way to do it, but it just happens he, when he defends credence. I mean, is magic. it because he put himself out there that maybe? He, it, I, I th know. the way I took it. Okay. Now the way I took this, I can't believe I'm going to defend this, but the way I took this was that it got destroyed in his action to defend. He wasn't attacking Vol uh, Voldemort, <laughs> Grindelwald. He wasn't, <laughs> see what I mean? He wasn't attacking Grindelwald. He was defending Credence and the, and the, 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 the charm got destroyed because of that because, because of that he wasn't action. attacking so was, it wasn't his yeah. and okay. the, the lucky the lucky byproduct of that then of course is that he can no longer he no longer has to have proxy wars he can just go right ahead and fight him right now because up what, until this point we have like wizard vietnam where they have to fight a, a proxy battle you, every you time go you fight have, this for me right yeah you go and fight against bison his, standards yeah, and, yep because yeah. we can't, we as the United States cannot attack the Soviet Union because we'll nuke each other to death. So you, you guys go fight here, North Vietnam, you fight South Vietnam, and we'll just sit back and we'll, we'll, we'll enjoy the show. Now we'll root for whoever. We there root is for. a moment after this happens mm -hmm. that I actually felt something when Dumbledore and Grindelwald get to the point where they have each have a hand on each other's chest. Oh yeah. When they're they touching have the each other's chests. Yeah. Pointing. Mm -hmm. I felt like I could feel what they, I mean, I, it was just such a big moment. It was a good moment. Yeah. That was a good moment. I was like, I almost had chills in that. Mm -hmm. And it, they weren't, I don't think they were even talking. I think it was no, they just, didn't say a word. I was just them. Mm -hmm. It was two people are uh, who are on very opposite sides, mm -hmm. yet they obviously love each other very mm -hmm. much. Right. And what does that mean? You know, and just yeah. looking at each other in the eyes like that, I felt like those two actors 
kudos kudos oh, they, they that nailed was, it that they was so it. good and yeah. i felt that down to my toes and i really loved that moment mm-hmm. it was a great moment i think that's you know what that is probably the best the best analogy for this movie is this movie has several really good moments but overall like all together when you put it all together it just it falls so short of some stuff you know yeah yeah. And I have one other moment I want to yeah. talk about. Yeah. I know I'm kind of droning on and I apologize. No, go talk. <laughs> hey, what? Look, they're tuning in because they want to listen to us talk about movies, right? Talk. That's what they're, what do you want to do? You want to end the po- Guys, we're done. She doesn't want to talk anymore. So we're done. So after all of this and Grindelwald goes and you still have the Quillen and the Quillen's going to go bow to somebody. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's right. Because we didn't even uh, say yeah. that. Nate, uh, right. Nate, Newt. He has another uh, he has one. The other that's, how, that's how they diffuse the whole thing is they, right. the other Quillen comes in and mm-hmm. bows to Yeah, because Bunty has the Grindelwald, other Quillen in her. Or not Grindelwald. Student. Bows to uh, Dumbledore, Dumbledore. And Dumbledore's like, no, fuck off. But, but, <laughs> but okay, so, so Grindelwald's gone at this point. But then right. the, the Quillen goes and bows to Dumbledore. And I was so disappointed in that choice. Because Dumbledore has talked about how he is a flawed person Mm -hmm. and how he is been corrupted with power and with his relationship with Grindelwald. And, you know, he knows he needs to stay away from that stuff in order to not do that. So I feel like he knows he's not really pure of heart. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was, I was like almost on the edge of my seat, hoping that this thing would bow to Newt and pull Newt back in. (laughs) <laughs> to this freaking story that's supposed to be about him. But no, it goes and bows no. to this other character that we've seen for 30 seconds on the screen. Yeah. Now I get it. Newt's really not in a position of power or anything. But if you're talking about this thing, bowing to somebody who is pure of heart, is there mm-hmm. anybody else that we know on here in these characters that is probably as pure of heart as Newt's commander is? Jacob. Sure, Jacob. If it had bowed go. to Jacob, you want to shake stuff up? Have a muggle be the leader of the Wizarding World. Yeah, but that I was really like, I was up. disappointed that it automatically went to Dumbledore because I feel like that wasn't the right choice for the storyline. Because Dumbledore, we have heard his story for mm-hmm. what? What did we say? Nineteen ninety-seven. That first book came out. Yeah, we have heard about Dumbledore for this whole time, and that is. I mean, they've talked about how he's been offered this position many times and he's mm-hmm. not, he's said, no, he doesn't want this type of stuff. He doesn't want that power. Okay. And, he, you know, talking to him in the background, he knows he can be corrupted by this power. And so th- he's not exactly pure of heart is sure. kind of where I'm going sure. with that. I don't feel like that was the right storyline there. Okay. Okay. I now I'm not I'm not here to just disagree with everything, but I do want to disagree with that because as a casual viewer someone who doesn't know all of the ins and outs of everything. I don't remember all of it because it doesn't stick in my head because it's again, not my cup of tea, but as a casual viewer, I thought this was a brilliant moment. I thought this was a really cool moment because it allows Dumbledore to realize that even though he believes himself to be flawed, other people see him as a good mm-hmm. leader, as somebody who would fit the bill. And mm-hmm. I think that the people who are the best leaders are the ones that are hesitant to lead. The ones mm-hmm. who are like, look, I, I don't want this power. 
but if if I need to be this person, I guess I'll have to be this person because I'm duty bound to do it. Yeah. Right. And I understand that a hundred percent because yeah. I yeah. always felt too the way he's written, I feel like he would have been a good leader with sure. the exception of, you know, he gets, he gets a little manipulative and he's yeah, a little, into, <laughs> you know, so he gets a little, yeah. Kind How of many crazy. more people does he have spying on people? Yeah. I, this so dude, I'm this kind dude of is forth on that. I guess I kind of agree with you, but then I kind yeah. of like, well, maybe not. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Now I, and again, this is just me being a casual, right? I'm not, yeah. I've, I don't have the stake that you have in this. You know what I mean? I don't have the horse in the race. I just, as a moment in the movie, I think it's a smart moment for a character Mm -hmm. in that position to be the one to be able to say, nope, you can't choose me. I can't do this Mm -hmm. and, and have it move on to wherever. Right. Yeah. So I get, and I a hundred percent get that. I a hundred percent get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One other thing I like about what they did with the story in here Mm -hmm. is making credence Aberforth's son and Mm -hmm. not his brother Mm. when they were so so grindelwald had it wrong in the second movie and told him he was elvis and aberforth's brother okay and i instantly hated that i hated that and why did you come into because it seems so convenient all of a sudden this nobody is a big important part of one of the most important families of this (laughs) storyline you know you mean I like just, Luke Skywalker? Yes. So <laughs> I, it really bothered me. So making it Aberforth's son, I feel like, okay, he's still part of that family, but he's not like, he's not right. a brother. He's, right. he's, you know, he's like Ill- illegitimate child out of here. The, so he can still be part down. of the family, but he's a tear down. Right. So I'm so you can be on the council, but we do that. not grant you the rank of master. I'm right? so glad they made that change. And I know I might be in a minority there, but I did not like that it was going to be Dumbledore's brother. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So I have I have two things. First of all, I have a question for you. Why do we not see more visitors to Hogwarts? Like the, this, we had like a bunch of wizards and we had Jacob there. Right now, mm-hmm. I know why we don't have Jacob or more muggles there, but like, why aren't there more visitors? Why aren't families allowed to come to Hogwarts for like the big Quidditch tournament or whatever? You know what I mean? You know, when they did the Goblet of Fire, if I remember correctly, the families were invited to go to that stuff. Okay. And I'm trying to remember if they were. So now it's been a long time since I've read the books. Okay. I, it's, and, and of course there's more stuff happening in the books than what they put on the screen. Cause they just can't put all that on the screen, but I feel like the families did come sometimes, not a lot, but I feel like they did. And I'm going to go to, I think why we don't really see outsiders is because the Harry Potter stories are told from Harry Potter's point of view. Okay. So you are really only in his inner circle. You're really not seeing what is happening with the teachers, what's happening outside mm. to other people. Okay. And so I'm going right. to maybe chalk it up to that is that she doesn't tell the Harry Potter story from multiple points of view. It is really okay. Harry Potter's point of view. Yeah, fair. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, my only other thing that I wanted to bring up is that I had this idea when we were talking about why don't the wizards go into their little alternate wizard universe to have their fights so that the, he, so that the humans don't see them. Mm-hmm. What if what the humans are seeing, and maybe this is why 
they, this is why you don't see the destruction or you don't see like wizard spells and all that stuff. What if what the people, what if what the humans are seeing is just a bunch of people running around going, pew, 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 zap, zap, zap. <laughs> like a couple like of the kids. toy guns. <laughs> like the toy guns, right? They're like shooting like fake wizard. Like the humans are watching them like, what? is going on here what is with these people and then they just go on about their day right meanwhile in the wizarding world quote unquote this universe is like like real like real world stuff is happening but like it's all in their heads you know it makes it's me all th- in their head makes me think of like the south park episodes where they where they imagine that they're ninjas and so like they have this big like they animate this big sequence where like everybody's fighting and it's all in this anime style and there's like sword fights and nunchucks and like big kicks to the face and stuff like that and then they cut to like the scene from the perspective of a person driving by and it's just the kids going around going yeah not even really hitting each other and like fake punching and crap Mm -hmm. like that and the person's just staring at them as they drive by and then you cut back and it's the anime stuff again it's like like people flying through the air and like throwing ninja stars at people and stuff like that that's what it makes me think of (laughs) you never know could be (laughs) that is my headcanon now of what is going on when muggles witness wizarding things happening. Do you have any trivia for us? I know that this is a relatively new, well, relatively, it is a new movie, but sometimes you manage to pull up some trivia. The only thing that I haven't talked about, I've talked about most of this already. Oh, good, okay. Um, we And there's only one extra thing here. You know, I said the movie takes place in 1932, but Albus Dumbledore in this time frame, in, this, in 1932, he is 51 years old. So to kind of give you a time frame then that he is going to be in the new timelines, he's going to be over a hundred. 120 years old later on? Mm-hmm. How does he live that long? Well, here's the interesting thing. Is his is secret he, is his secret like whiskey in his coffee or something? He is it is not normal for wizards to live that old. He is unusual. It's it's termed as unusually ancient <laughs> in the books. Now that's how that's how Miles refers to me. Here's one of the other issues. Now, I didn't really have an issue with this because I wasn't kind of putting the years together and stuff, but apparently there was a lot of issues with McGonagall showing up in that second movie because McGonagall's not supposed to start teaching at Hogwarts till the 1950s. And so they have her here in the 1930s. And that would then also make her over 100 years old. And she is not as old as Dumbledore. Dumbledore is supposed to be older than a lot of these other wizards. So, so that a lot of people had issues with that. And I didn't even pick hmm. up on that until I was kind of reading some of this stuff. So question about that, then did they actually say Minerva uh, McGonagall yes, or they, do they actually, they did. okay. So they call her. And this name. one, they so, called her Minerva. Okay. So I didn't know, I didn't know if they, if they did, because if they hadn't, they could just pass it off as, Oh, this was her sister, her elder sister right, or, or her, her mom or something. something. Yeah. 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 But, but apparently not. But no, they did call her Minerva. So they have retconned that. That's a retcon. Yep. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. So, all right, all right. Well, as fast as Grindelwald goes from who me to I'm gonna kill all the Muggles, let's talk about where we're gonna rank this movie. We have to make a decision individually, mind you, if whether we're going to keep this movie theoretically whether we're going to rent this movie. In other words, it's not something that we're going to put on our shelf and take out and show everybody and watch all the special features on, or whether we're going to erase this movie, wipe it from existence and just act like it never existed. Where do you stand, Jen? I know you were, you were worried about it for a little bit there. 
Okay, so I'm going back and forth between keep and rent. I, I will not erase this movie because it's still in the wizarding world and it still has moments in here that remind me of this world that I absolutely adore. It has really cool costuming. It's got great visuals. The the There's some beasts in here that I like. A lot of it, I think, <laughs> is pointless to the story. I think kind of where I hesitate on some of the stuff, and unfortunately, I think it's going to be, one, there's so much baggage coming in with this now that mm-hmm. it's hard to just sit and enjoy this. And it's really sad to me that, you know, some people might not even give the Harry Potter world a chance because of stuff that JK Rowling has said. And I think that's unfortunate. I, 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 I'm not trying to defend what she said and I'm not trying to say that's okay. I'm just saying that I love this world and, and it's too bad that some people are going to miss out on it because she's got these views of hers. The other thing I think is she should have never been allowed to be a screenwriter. I, (laughs) Going into that first one, that first Fantastic Beast, I was really excited. I was excited to see an adult version of this. I was excited to see a new story. And I think if they were going to do a four or five movie arc that, you know, maybe let her be a part of it, but let somebody else write it. And I think she needed to get her thoughts out straight on how she wanted the story to go. And then let somebody put that over the five movies, because I feel like where this started, it was like all over the place. And then it got even weirder on the second one, all over the place. And now we're kind of going off that second one, right? but yet it's still kind of fracturing out. Now this one, I feel follows the second one better than the second one followed the first one. But I, I just, I feel like much of a bump up though. (laughs) I feel like she shouldn't be writing these because it does feel all over the place. So I think where I was kind of leaning was going as a rent because I feel like the story is not told very well, but there's for me as a Harry Potter fan, as this wizarding world fan, there's enough stuff coming into this that I'm probably going to go back and watch this every once in a while. Not as much as the Harry Potter series. Now that Crimes of Grindelwald, I only watched, I watched that in the theater once. I hadn't watched it again until right before we watched this one, wow. just to prep for it again. Wow. Because okay. it, it just did not care for that one as much. Mm. So I feel like I'll probably watch these, but not as often as the other ones. So I feel like that maybe for me lands it in the rent section. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think I'm, I'm with you on a lot of that. I'm with you on a lot of that. I think what she, to, to solve the writing issue, what you do is you do what George Lucas did in the Indiana Jones trilogy. And I'm going to keep going back to the Indiana Jones trilogy because they're very similar in a lot of ways. They tend to, these films, at least not the Harry Potter ones, but these films, they tend to touch on historical moments without involving themselves in the historical moments, which is what the Indiana Jones movies tend to do. And on top of that, they also have this air of, we have greatness. There's a pedigree of greatness with the Harry Potter films and Harry Potter books. And then going into this other sort of related group of films, you've got like that connectivity to it. So what I think they should have done is I think they should, she should have taken a role that George Lucas took in the Indiana Jones movies, which was executive producer and story writer. He wrote the story and he let somebody else write the script. If you want the story to be, this happens, this happens, this happens, that's great. Give it to somebody who is more 
technically adept at writing something short form versus like long form, like a novel. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yes. That's what she should have done. That's what she should have done. Anyway, but sorry, I I just wanted to respond to what you had said there, because I feel like that is a very, a very important moment or important, an important point that you're making in that she is not a very good screenwriter. And I honestly, I think that that's why for me, this is also a rent and not, not because this isn't my cup of tea type of movie, because there are Harry Potter movies that I would put in the keep column. There are also Harry Potter movies that I would put in the erase column, but we'll get to that someday, maybe. But for now, uh, let's just say there are, they're all over the board, those Harry Potter movies for me. The, this movie is a, is a rent for me. It's a solid rent. And, and the main reason is the writing. The writing is all over the place. It's 20 minutes too long, at least. There are, there are way too many threads going on in this movie. They tried to fit 10 pounds of shit into a five pound bag and they didn't do it very well. There are logical jumps that make absolutely no sense. But that being said, it does have some really cool moments. It has some really neat stuff in it. The moment with Dumbledore and Grindelwald where they're, they have a hand on each other's chests that has emotional power and emotional weight. It, it's, a, it's a great moment where you feel this heartbreak at the same time that you feel this empowerment. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but, but the movie doesn't exist only on these moments. It has to exist on the entire story. And it's just not there. The story is just not there. The, the Jacob stuff and the Queenie stuff is so threadbare that it doesn't even belong in the movie, to be honest with you. This movie would be the same movie without them. What do they do that really moves the story forward? Except for Jacob being pinned as like the... the well, he did thwart the actual assassination attempt. He did? Or because... Well, as, he did by recall, distracting. He did by distracting it from the other thing. So, I mean, okay. somebody else could have. Sure. Yeah. But. You take him out of this movie and there's this movie's the same movie, basically. So, because... Grindelwald didn't need a reason to declare war on the muggles. He didn't need to like point a finger at one specific muggle and say, see, we're going to go after them all now. He, he's only there for that reason. He's only there for that. And, and comedy, comedy gold, quote unquote, but the comedy gold gets really old after a while. It's not gold anymore. Now it's bronze at this point We're three movies in, and they're still doing the same shtick with him and the apparating. It's the same thing. Oh, I feel so sick about this. We know, dude, we saw the last two movies. We know that you feel so sick about aberrating. So definitely a rent for me. It's not bad enough to erase. Definitely not good enough to keep. I'm not going to go back to this one for a while. So just, you know, I keep going back to, you know, something she could have done that maybe would have told a better story. And I kind of go back and forth between just keeping this with new characters, you know, keeping the Newt and Jacob and Queenie and Tina and telling mm-hmm. a story there. Sure. Or do we tell the Grindelwald Dumbledore story? Because I feel like both are interesting. To me, both are interesting. And I yeah. don't know if there was a better way to go. Maybe it is okay to get these intermixed stories into one story, but just maybe do it in a better way. But yeah. that is one thing I have thought about a lot is would this be better if it was just one or the other? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I have an answer to that because I, I 
because I, I find both of them interesting in each of their own ways, you know? I don't think you have to have an answer to that. I think just posing the question is enough. I think posing the question is enough because it gets you thinking about it, you know? For me, though, I, I really do think that you can tell the Dumbledore story without the Wizarding World stuff, without the, uh, not the Wizarding World, excuse me, the Fantastic Beast stuff. You don't need mm-hmm. Newt Scamander in this movie. He's good, and Eddie Redmayne does some amazing stuff character-wise, but he's unnecessary. He's, again, unnecessary. You can tell this story without there having to be the magical goat creature that bows to things. Yeah. You can still have the vote. There doesn't have to be the shell game. That can be gone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think know. there's different ways to do it. I, yeah, I Again, I feel like she she needed to go have, you know, put her baseline down and let somebody else do the story and yeah. just tell a more cohesive story. I I think their biggest problem is they called this the Fantastic Beasts. Right. You can have Newt Scamander in this and not call it Fantastic Beasts, but I think because they started with that, mm-hmm. that that's why they're trying to shoehorn all these beasts in here, and mm-hmm. they just feel so out of place sometimes. Now, some mm-hmm. of them, again, are fine, like the Niffler and the Botrickle, He's they're always with Newt. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's fine. But when they're going and doing these side things, it's like, this just <laughs> doesn't seem like we need to do this we're visiting things we don't need to visit and so i think that really hurt this whole storyline by trying to shoehorn this fantastic beast thing in here i'd have to agree with you it's just another one of those story those those threat those plot threads that don't need to be there yeah this is this is way too complicated a movie for a movie that's supposed to be getting uh, new preteens into harry potter stuff and i call it harry potter stuff because that's just the shorthand version of saying the wizarding world but that's what it's always going to be to me is the Harry Potter stuff. So, yeah. So, all right. So okay, we're, I think what I've we... talked, <laughs> talked my, I've talked enough. <laughs> I, I've said enough over to you, Ted. What, <laughs> what are we doing next? What's next week? All right. Next week, we're going to call. We're going to call. We're going to call the Ghostbusters, I guess. Here we did the Ghostbusters. To... <laughs> next week, we are going to cover the night house. Ooh, okay. This is one that we found on, what was this, Hulu? Is this a Hulu movie? HBO Max, I believe. HBO Max, right. So just a spooky little horror movie type thing. We're going to kind of go back to our our horror movie thing. Was it last year or the year before that we did the Halfway to Halloween? When we, back when we were doing ARCs, was that last year? I think so. I think so. And you and before? I haven't talked about a scary movie for a while because you no. did one recently you did Candyman, but that was with rich yeah vasquez um, yeah yeah vasquez so mm-hmm. you and i haven't talked scary movie for a while so this would be fun yeah it should be a good time it's a newer movie guys so stick with us come back we'll see you next week here on the couch for the night house is that what it's called yes the night house what that even means what is a night house is that me? I, I we're going to find out. The name implies that there's also a day house. Could be. I Could don't be, know. Right? I guess we're going to find out. I, I suppose. I haven't will. even. I don't, did I watch a trailer on this? I don't even I don't know, know what it's about. I don't know. <laughs> I hope it's better than the last house movie, which is You Should Have Left or whatever it was. Do you remember that one? Where like the house was like the, the like 
like it was too long inside for what it was outside. And the guy was out there with a tape measure. It was Kevin Bacon, I think. It was just a weird friggin' movie. You don't even remember oh, this movie. That's how bad it was. I do vaguely remember yeah, that. That vaguely, was a right? weird one. It was a yeah. weird movie. Yeah. Hopefully it's better than that last one. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, let's we'll find so. out. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week here on the couch. Thank you for listening to A View from the Couch. We value your feedback. Please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your preferred podcast listening app. You can reach us on Facebook by searching at A View from the Couch, on Twitter at View underscore Couch, or by emailing us at A View from the Couch at Yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye. See ya.